Have you always dreamed of creating your own beauty products or building your own beauty brand? Welcome to Beauty Business School, the podcast devoted to empowering beauty entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Doreen Block. Join me as we talk with industry insiders, beauty founders, and more to provide you with knowledge and resources for launching your own beauty brand. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Business School podcast. I am so excited to be here with Sarah and Erin of Beachwaver. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hi. Thank you. So let's get started. Tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. How did it start? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, So this is Sarah and I'm a hairstylist and I guess it kind of started for me probably when I was a teenager because I was constantly braiding everyone's hair. I played a lot of sports and it was just something I really enjoyed doing. And uh, when, you know, my parents said, well, if you want to shop at the mall, you need to get a job. I was like, well, what do I like to do? You know, so I thought, um, I mean, hairdressing, I love braiding and I got my first job in a salon, like doing shampoo and, you know, cleaning up and everything. And I really loved the environment and the possibility of creativity and I actually the first day of work with this lady Patty in this tiny salon she actually had me watch videos of Vidal Sassoon education and she also had me look at Italian Vogue and French Vogue and like flip the pages of W and she was like look at those advertisements in the first couple of pages those are photo shoots in New York City <laughs> and this was like in Illinois in a small town and I was like what I was so kind of just blown away and also kind of confused because I feel like I felt like as a teenager everyone skips the ads and goes right to the article and so for her to open my eyes to this possibility of like a career and freelance and being an entrepreneur and being creative that was probably my initial jump into it and then you know cut a couple years later of moving to New York City I went to NYU and I continued I was in Gallatin I studied business and creativity so I always had an interest in business and then um, I worked as a stylist and I had so many moments that kind of just continued to be like, I'm an entrepreneur. I kind of, you know, started, I left the salon to work freelance. So I got signed with an agent. And at that point, it's you're a real entrepreneur because you're freelance. Every job is a new opportunity to collaborate with a new team. And then going into starting the Beach Raver, that was a whole nother massive jump into this whole world because I was talking to so many beauty editors and kind of had this idea. And that was a real moment of like, we're going to change our life to be a real entrepreneur. So I think those are, I've had a lot of little ones kind of built up to this journey. Um, and I know Erin, she was a corporate lawyer. So she definitely has a story about the jump from that over into this world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so. Sarah, I just want to pause too to say that it's incredible to have that drive and that early exposure from some early mentors that started you on your journey. I, I think that's a wonderful recap. So thank you for sharing that with us. And yeah, so very different experience, I imagine, being a corporate lawyer first. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is Erin. Uh, like Sarah mentioned, I um, am a lawyer. I was a lawyer at the time when Sarah had the idea for the beach waiver. And kind of my career path. I worked, um, I was a state's attorney, so I was a prosecutor, and then I opened up my own law firm with a friend of mine, and then worked as a corporate lawyer defending banks during the subprime mortgage crisis. So it was kind of a lot of dealing with people during the worst days of their lives. And being a lawyer, there's a lot of incredible things you can do. There's a lot of 
people that I look up to who are incredibly powerful, strong um, attorneys. But for me, in my path as a lawyer, it was really, truly dealing with a lot of people like in the most terrible moments of their lives. I mean, and then there wasn't really a lot of um, really great re reward for it. So for me, I was really looking for something to build rather than something to fix after it was broken. So for me, like for example, like when I was in, in corporate litigation dealing with banks, it was trying to patch up this big mess that had been created by the, you know, breaking down of these um, mortgages into, you know, different pieces. So I was really trying to fix something that had already been broken rather than building something. So when Sarah came to me with the idea of a new type of curling iron, I was like, perfect, this is great. This is like a perfect opportunity for us to build something, to put something good out into the world, rather than waiting for something to be broken and trying to fix it and patch it back together. So for me, it really was this kind of clean slate idea. And the entrepreneurial jump for me truly was like a very easy jump. Like the risk for me would have been staying in a career path where I didn't feel fulfilled, I didn't feel as though I was building or putting anything good and positive out into the world. So the, the kind of like entrepreneurial risk, they're really was no risk for me. The risk would have been not taking the leap, not taking the jump. We kind of came also from a very big entrepreneurial family. Our dad is a dentist. He had his own company. We had a number of uncles who had things from hot dog stands, the water park. <laughs> water park. <laughs> that was the best one. The best one was the water park. Ozzy's water park. Yeah. So we went there as kids and that all the kids, they have, they have six kids, our cousins, and they all worked it and worked the arcade and that was like the best. Yeah. So, so we had like yeah, yeah, so we kind of come from a very big entrepreneurial risk-taking family. So for yeah. us, it's, yeah. we should go for it. Why wouldn't we go for this? I mean, you've got one life. you got one shot at this. We might as well give it a whirl and try to put out the best possible thing we can. So for us, it's been kind of a really fun journey. And I like the idea of just what we're building. We're building for us rather than building for somebody else. Yes, and I, I totally – by the way, I, I spent – my my one year before starting my own business, I also was in finance. And oh, beauty is just so empowering in a very different way. Um, but at the same time, you have a lot of incredibly transferable skills coming from, you know, more of a, I guess, a solid background like banking or, or legal. So it makes sense that you would all join forces together. And I know um, Emily's not on the line with us right now, but Share a little bit with us about how Emily came into the picture as um, as part of the founding team. Yeah, Emily and I, uh, growing up, she was always my muse. She was always the model that I was like highlighting her hair when she was 12. Like We would use all the lamps in the basement to do photo shoots. So we always kind of had this, um, this like approach to beauty and photography as just this like fun game we kind of played as kids and so I think Emily um, you know her career went she has a master's in technology she's a photographer and a producer and she worked in reality television so she actually moved to New York while I was there working as a celebrity hairstylist and Emily worked on Top Chef on Project Runway um, on tons of reality uh, programs where she was doing casting and production and she really loved that element of it so when Aaron and I came together to start the beach waiver it actually was a little bit of like we had to convince Emily to sort of leave that really cool job she had in New York and we were like come do you know do our creative direction do photography with us like let's create videos and content um so it was it was really exciting because I think it was like a real throwback for me as as kids of us working together and like having fun with beauty and photography for us to move over into, you know, actually working together and building a business together. 
That is so amazing. And you know what's so neat for me as well is that it, in hearing your story, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty. it just feels so inevitable that you would create a business together and leveraging all these different backgrounds coming together and, and the, these different experiences. But tell me, you know, the, the idea for the beach waiver, how did that actually come about? What was the aha moment? So I love educating on how to create red carpet styles. So as a celebrity stylist, I would do, you know, Liam Seltair or Reese Witherspoon or, you know, Allie Larder, and then the press would call. So then People Magazine, Allure, or Cosmo Glamour, I would get interview requests of like, how do you create that type of wave on the red carpet you did or that braid you did? And so I was actually working um, with Procter & Gamble for 10 years as a spokesperson and consultant. And I was doing so much press. So every time I would do a red carpet look, I would get in these requests, like what products to use, how to style it, what can I do? And it became like a real passion of mine, working with beauty editors on writing these articles. So it was probably a good four to five years. I was actually just thinking back to um, like who, what, where, before they started Birdie Beauty and going to their tiny little house in LA and like producing videos on how to get the perfect beach wave. <laughs> and I literally did this for four years where I would say, okay, take your curling iron, hold it upside down and wear a glove and then like wrap it, wrap it backwards. Wait, go, go the other way. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking you that I did that video or that conversation like for four years. Wow. So I continued, wow. and I was like, if, and what I realized is so many beauty editors were writers, uh, they're journalists, they're not hairdressers. And so I was like, wow, you guys are just like the woman at home reading the article in Cosmo or Glamour on how to get this look. And I was so surprised. I was like, wow, they actually, it is difficult for women to curl their own hair. And after doing that time and time again, and I was like, it's my mission. I'm going to teach all of you guys how to curl your own hair. And I individually sat with editors, like hold the curling iron upside down, wear that glove, wrap it to the left, wrap it backwards. And really a lot of them were like, oh my God, you finally taught me how to do this so they could write the article. But then I was in my apartment, I was on the phone with an editor and she was interviewing me, same thing. How do you get the perfect beachy wave? And I was trying to describe it to her over the phone like this. And she really wasn't understanding. And I'm like, okay, all right, pick it up from the table, hold it upside down above your head, and then wear a glove, take the hair, and then wrap it backwards. And I kept going through it, and she was like, okay, I'm writing the article, and I'm trying to say, hold it upside down and wrap it backwards. <laughs> and she was like, ah, it like, just sounds so difficult. Like, I just wish there was an easier way. And I was like, oh, I wish there was an easier way for you to do it too. And I got off the phone, and I sketched out the idea for the beach waiver. Wow. It's like, just invent something to make all of the description into one word, the beach waiver. The beach waiver. And I literally, I have the original sketch. It, uh, I mean, it ran in like a couple magazines and like a full page of it because it's so interesting because I literally, I called it the beach waiver. I sketched it out because I was like, okay, instead of upside down and wrapping backwards, what if I held it upright when I was curling, curling my own hair. So I didn't have to like strain my arm and hold it upside down. And I was like, how would I create the same pattern around the curling iron? And so I imagined, okay, instead of my fingers wrapping it around and holding the ends and wearing a glove, I was like, maybe I need a little tiny clamp to instead of your finger. So there's a small clamp on the beach over this, like about one inch tall, and that's to replace your finger. You simply place the hair in the curling iron and then you tap 
the arrow so it rotates and it makes the exact same pattern without you holding it up and wrapping it backwards. Like you're just holding it upright, you control it, you just simply tap a button and it does the exact same pattern as if you're individually wrapping every single section. True inventor, true entrepreneur. And so then the second thing you touch that, you're like, I need a patent on this before I talk about this with anyone or what was that next step after the sketch? Well, that was definitely my sister who's the lawyer. Because <laughs> I was just like, isn't this great? I'm gonna tell everybody. But she was like, well, hold on. Like, and it was funny because it was literally only a couple days after I had sketched the idea out in my apartment that Erin and I were talking on the phone. And this is Erin, who's my sister, who's a lawyer, who is um, a couple years older than me. And we have, we also have two brothers. And Emily, our younger sister, was the one that I really kind of like did a lot of beauty stuff as kids with. So it was like a right. really interesting right. moment in our life because it was like we were just chatting on the phone and, and I was talking about how much I love the beauty industry and I love the ability to, to talk to the editors and really feel like we're touching like a lot of people's lives and being able to help them and make them feel more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at the mm-hmm. same time, Erin was talking about how like she kind of felt like she was treated like a secretary working in a corporate law firm when she's actually a lawyer. So I think it was like an interesting conversation. And I was like, I've got a great idea for a curling iron. And Erin, like two days later was like, great news. I quit my job. <laughs> And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I'm still going to work as a hairdresser if that's cool. Like, I'm still going to work. And But Erin literally committed everything to, wow. she just took this risk, took a huge leap. I mean, there we have a couple of quotes we kind of live by. And leap in the net will appear is one I always do. And she's always like, do something today that your future self will thank you for. And mm-hmm. I think Erin did that for herself that day. She was like, I'm, I'm literally giving up everything that I trained and learned. And obviously she's continued to work as a lawyer and that at that moment when she quit her job came on board with me initially she literally had all the ideas of like okay how can we protect your idea this is a unique idea that could potentially be you know what it is today like 42 award-winning iron that's sold all over the world but like without her protection without her understanding of patent law without her understanding how to like you know start a business and and really be able to protect everything from even the initial sketch the initial ideas I had showing engineers and CAD designers and working with people, Aaron had everybody sign NDAs and, and release their rights to, you know, to say, well, Sarah invented it, it was her idea. And so mm-hmm. every single step of the way, having that protection of my sister as a business partner, but also as a lawyer, there's just was honestly no better partner. And I even had someone say to me, like, you know, family, your sister and a lawyer, they're like, lawyers are the worst business partners. And like, you should never go into business with your family. So I like had someone that I work with say that to me. And I really kind of questioned it for a minute. But I'm telling you, without Aaron, we wouldn't have what we have today, which is it took her six years to get the utility patent, but we have it. And she fought for it to yeah. prove that it was our invention. So I'll let her talk about it. But that's like just the, the prep to like why it is so important and why it is such a phenomenal business that we have because I've had that support um, and hard work from Erin. Amazing. Erin, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, well, we have two utility patents and a design patent on the Beach Raver. So it's something that <laughs> I mean, it's truly, we are incredibly proud of it. And I think Sarah is just, I mean, it's a genius idea. It's a genius invention. And Sarah is such a warm, open person that she was so excited to share everything. And I just remember constantly telling her, don't tell anyone, don't talk about it. Don't tell anyone. It's such a good idea. Don't tell anybody. 
so it was one of these ideas like we just really truly wanted to protect it until we were ready to like launch it in the marketplace and so we did we were able to like maintain that confidentiality with everybody that we worked with we were able to like um, apply for and get the patent. It was a huge long process. I remember the day we got it. We were so excited. We both started crying. It was, I mean, it was just such a long <laughs> journey to like actually get there and to actually be recognized by the like the U.S. Patent Office that this is a unique idea. It was such a, like a lo- incredibly long journey. It really validated a lot of the hard work and the sacrifice. Um, and yeah. for us to be, actually be able to get those documents showing that this was an original idea, like justified by like all the patent office it, it truly was it truly is like the like an american dream story because it's yes. something that was new yeah, cool. it was something that was new and we not only like had no idea we were able to manufacture it to get it to market and then get it to market in a way that people are excited about it and want to use it and then it also helps people so it's this really wonderful journey of like this american dream like an american business story so um i mean it's something i think both of us are incredibly proud of to say that you know we are a company founded on like true innovation i mean this isn't like product like this isn't like um uh you know a private label where we just slap our name on something we didn't ask someone else like you know give us your idea we didn't steal anything this is truly like a unique invention something that didn't exist ever before and that's what we always say like that's the heart of our company we're at the heart of our company we're innovative product designers and it's something that you know truly is who we are and so really remarkable now is that beach waver has a whole line of products and as you're saying you know innovation is the heart of that tell me more about what your product development process is like so with the wet line that we just launched the make waves collection it um it's been a very long process so i think about five years ago we started like conceptualizing the ideas um and our graphic design team and emily kind of reminded me like you know five years ago we had all these ideas and started talking about it um but it was about two years of working directly with our chemists to create unique formulas so this also is something i'm incredibly proud of we have 30 SKUs that we actually formulated. So I've been working very hard and very closely with our chemists to create unique products that actually have active ingredients. So mm-hmm. with the new Make Waves collection, we have um, an ingredient called High X, which we actually just got the registered trademark we on. Did. Thanks, Erin. <laughs> really, really cool. So it's a hydrogen ionic alpha bond multiplier. And it's a vegan and glucose-derived ingredient that I wanted to put into the product to make it an active strengthener. So when you're using your products at home, it is activating your hair to strengthen it just as if you were doing a treatment in the salon. So it's something I'm really proud of but took a very long time to just develop the right formula because as a hairdresser, I want all of our products to really function well. So even though we're sulfate-free, we're paraben-free, formaldehyde-free, all of these things, and that's really important to us. I also wanted it to be a really great gentle cleanser at the same time. I didn't want to leave your hair super greasy. So I wanted a moisturizing product that did that. So the whole process for me is really um, comes from experience of working as a hairdresser. So I wanted everything to function. And I wanted to come out with really unique products. So like our BRB Blonde, our purple shampoo and conditioner, has active high X in it also has shea butter and coconut oil. And typically, any kind of like color products, a purple product, is just meant to be a toner. So it's going to just do one function. It's going to dry out your hair because it's a color product. But I wanted consumers to really feel like this is all in one. It's like it's going to moisturize my hair. It's going to strengthen my hair actively. 
So they don't really need to worry about it because that's always been my mission is like save time, make it easier for you and know that you have a really good product that's going to make your hair look phenomenal. Because I want people to feel like they have celebrity hair. I want them to feel like they're they're like walking the red carpet when they style their hair with the beach waver. And the BRB Blonde is phenomenal. I had pink hair for a long time, um, which I'll probably go back to because I miss it. But I have blonde right now. And honestly, when you're a darker color, so if anyone out there is a brunette that has ever tried to highlight their hair, color their hair, you know what happens after time of like being outside and the elements of swimming. It just gets yellow and brassy. And this BRB is so phenomenal because it literally instantly will take yellow hair and make it bright white blonde. It's so cool and it's such an interesting product. But not only will it tone, it's going to strengthen your hair and it's going to moisturize it so it feels really good. So you could use it every day if you wanted to or you needed to. You could also use it once a month if you had silver hair. So all this product development that goes into this is about like really functionality and then also having the right ingredients and knowing what the ingredients are. So the back of our packaging, you'll see everything that it's free of. So we removed benzophenone, which is found in a lot of um, UV products and is also found in nursing moms or in breast cancer cells. Uh, we removed all of the phthalates from the bottles, um, all of the formaldehyde, parabens. We wanted everything to be super clean. Also, the line is entirely vegan and cruelty-free. And not just we don't test on animals. We went as far as trying to get letters from all of our raw ingredient suppliers that they also don't test on animals. So we're really cruelty-free, wow. vegan brand. That's all about like you as a consumer being able to simply look at the bottle and be like, oh, cool, it's free of all these things. I know it's good ingredients. But then on top of it, it functions really well. Like we have a braid bomb that if anyone out there follows me on social media at Sarah Potempa, I've been doing celebrities and braids on the red carpet like since I started doing hair almost 20 years ago. And I am obsessed with it. I did on Instagram a hashtag called 365 Days of Braids. And I did a different braid every single day for an entire year. That's and that was, it was I really fun. It was, still. it was very hard. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about it was like when I was doing it, I, I remember one day I was styling Reese Witherspoon's hair and I was, you know, doing beach waves and a beautiful blowout. And somebody in the room was like, did you know Sarah does 365 days of braids on Instagram? And literally Reese was like, oh my God, braid my hair right now. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. So I did like this gorgeous Dutch fishtail on her hair, took a couple photos of it for my Instagram, and then like took it out and went back to the look for the show. <laughs> it was just such a cool way to kind of like incorporate all of that. But yeah, you know, it's one of those things like for me, all of these products that I've developed come from this experience. So the Braid mm -hmm. Bomb mm -hmm. is a really, really unique product. It functions three ways. It preps and detangles your hair before you braid, but then it's formulated with a flexible polymer so that when you sleep in your braids, you can wake up with waves. And that was the hardest part about formulating. I went through like 30 different rounds for that product because I wanted it to be flexible and still have volume, but give you a defined beach wave after you took out your braids. Um, and then the third thing it does is it acts as a treatment because it has the active high X. So all of these products we've developed are all unique and they have like a multi-functionality to them. So it's, it makes it easier for you at home. So you're getting a mask and a styling prep product and a way to get beach waves all in one product. 
That is so incredible. And I just have to say, you are really impressing upon something that we always like to tell all entrepreneurs, which is know your product, know your ingredients. And I just think you are, it's just the spotlight. You're shining in this, in this way around really knowing at such a granular level about the products that you're putting out there. And it has to do with passion. It has to do with expertise, but also just with being a great entrepreneur. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I think it's really important for us to like be educated on those ingredients. And I mean, just to go back to even when I started as a spokesperson and consultant for Procter and Gamble, 10 years of doing that, one of my like greatest memories from that is actually working with the chemist because I was fascinated. I was like, I want to know if I'm going to talk to the beauty editors and if I'm going to be an expert on these hair care products or tell somebody how a certain product is going to work, I want to know what, what is a flexible polymer? Like, what does that mean? You know? And so I feel like from just that educational background of understanding what a flexible polymer is, like I remember a chemist told me once, he was like, let me explain this to you when you're talking about hair care. Imagine like a flexible hairspray. He was like, if we put a flexible polymer in it, imagine a glass bottle and a plastic bottle next to each other. Now the flexible polymer would be like the plastic bottle. So when you squish it, when you try to break it, when you try to bend it, that polymer is gonna move with the hair. But if you took a, a glass bottle and you tried to break it and bend it and move it with the hair, it's gonna shatter into a lot of little pieces. And I was like, that visual for me was like, oh my God, I get it. When you use a really strong hold hairspray that doesn't have a flexible polymer and you try to brush it out, you get all those tiny flakes from the product. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool way to understand. I was like, I get what a flexible polymer is. I get why that's important to formulate your product with the right type of polymer. So it's giving your hair hold like that plastic bottle, but it's able to move and it's able to bend and like you can adjust the hold level, but you can keep it flexible. So that's been, you know, just something I've always been really interested in because I do think it's important to understand like that how you could positively affect a product and an ingredient from understanding how a polymer works and then how you could also remove any kind of negative ingredients by understanding, you know, what is formaldehyde or what is a paraben and, and like why are those important to remove and even like a sodium lauryl sulfate argument is always interesting to me because as a hairdresser I like cleansers you know so I will definitely be someone that will say like I love the concept of sulfate free and mm -hmm. but I also like the idea of clean hair mm -hmm. so for mm -hmm. me when we formulate it's always important to get the perfect formulation of the balance and even if you look at like certain sulfates for example you want to make sure that you are getting a gentle one that's not a harsh cleanser. And then when you look at a silicone, you want to get a water-soluble silicone that can be rinsed out versus yes. silicone that's going to stay on the hair as a plastic. So, I mean, there's sort of a, an answer to every ingredient that's in our product, and it's all about getting the right amount and the right balance. So we're able to get these phenomenal conditioners and treatments in there because it's the perfect balance mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. a moisturizer, of that adding the shea butter, the coconut oil, the strengthener, and then balancing it out with a gentle cleanser. So it's like all about the formula and how it really affects the hair in the long term. Thank you so much for sharing those um, anecdotes and um, reference points. It's incredibly helpful. I just learned so much. I also would love to hear more about how you're thinking about sustainability. Is that something that Beach Waver is thinking about in what ways? 
Absolutely. I'm going to let Erin talk about this because it's a, a big passion of hers and something we've been able to incorporate into our packaging and our uh, mission statement. Yeah, so sustainability is incredibly important to us. As I mentioned before, um, our big tenant obviously is innovation. We look at our mission statement as being one of four tenants. So um, at the Beach River Co, we're focused on innovation, sustainability, accessibility. Um, and um, so what we really want to focus on here is sustainability. So when we took a look at the new line, we wanted to look at the supply chain in general because it's one thing to say, okay, well, the final result is, you know, sustainable as it can be, it's a recyclable product, but if you don't look at the entire supply chain, you may be missing a huge component that is actually putting out more negative impact to the environment than it, than it should, actually. So for us, we took a look at where we're producing, how we're producing, the individual ingredients, as Sarah mentioned, walking through each one. We're making sure that the way that we are sourcing our products and each individual ingredient is a sustainable, ethical way of sourcing it because we kind of look at it like this, right? We're all really truly together on one earth this is all we've got there you know these borders are arbitrary lines drawn in the sand a million years ago but we're all in the same place plastic produced here can impact somebody in india something made in china impacts someone in canada we're all really on the same earth here we should all have the same goal to live like a quality high quality healthy lifestyle and so for us putting out the product we feel as though we all we have this opportunity to put out a good quality product but we also have this responsibility to do so in the most eco-friendly way possible. And so we took a look at every single step of our supply chain in developing our product. And that's probably why it took such a long period of time because we are going through um, each individual product, we're going through the, the bottles that each one are on and the supply chain of how it's actually being produced, where it's warehousing and how it's shipping out to consumers or out to our retailers. So a couple of things that we're incredibly proud of are our tubes themselves are made of polypropylene, which is the, um, the type of material um, that the actual tubes are made out of. They're completely curbside recyclable, so the cap and the tube, so you can drop them in at the curb. And unfortunately, that's not the case with a lot of other materials. So you may believe it to be curbside recyclable. You may actually take it out of your bathroom, clean it off, drop it in the, in the recycling bin, and believe it to be curbside recyclable. But then by the time it gets to the plant, because of a subcomponent or a material or additional feature to the tube, it's actually not curbside recyclable, so you've done all this work and you think you're doing the right thing, but then the actual end result is not actually recyclable. So we made sure that our tubes are completely curbside recyclable, it's something that we're incredibly proud of. And the type of material that they're made out of actually um, is biodegradable, so it will break down to carbon and hydrogen, so it actually is the best possible version of what we can do for the tubes. Um, and then we've got two of our products, um, the Braid Balm and our Shuby Surf Spray, which are made out of sugarcane resin, which is this incredible resin that um, that we've sourced and found uh, in order to um, make the product in this type of resin. And the type of resin, sugarcane is a fast-growing material. It's sustainable, so it grows in a small plot of land. So you've probably heard a lot about deforestation, about knocking down tons of trees, like really doing a ton of damage to the earth in order to get the plastic material. But our sugarcane resin is actually sustainable. It's in a small plot of land. And during the manufacturing process, kind of chopping it down, it actually, um, like, uh, whereas a typical one puts out carbon dioxide, the typical process puts out carbon dioxide, which contributes to the environmental damage in the environment. Mm -hmm. Ours, the sugarcane resin, actually and if you can imagine, it kind of like eats the carbon dioxide. So it's, it's actually being, yeah. yeah, so it's actually 
like a negative carbon impact. So it's actually doing good. So the process is actually doing good for the environment. So, um, so that's something that we're incredibly proud of. Those things are also completely recyclable. Um, so for us, it's, it's really taking a hard look at our supply chain in general and doing the best that we can with the knowledge that we have at the time and then continuing down our R&D process. So every time we come out with something new, we're learning more, we're doing better, and we're really trying to put out the best possible product um, that we can in an environmentally friendly way. Because like I said, we really truly look at it like this opportunity and this responsibility to do it in a smart, sustainable manner. I am so happy that we talked about this because what you're doing is so much on the forefront from a business perspective. What I see in our industry and the beauty industry today is that a lot of the sustainability conversation is still very reactive. It's consumers. You know, we've even seen some very popular brands being called out on Instagram with plastic packaging that isn't recyclable. And it's then a scramble of the brand saying, oh, okay, we're going to rework the packaging. Sorry, we didn't think about that. And so for Beachweaver to be out there just doing this so proactively, I think that's amazing. And thank you for sharing all of that context. I agree that as an industry, we have more of a responsibility to do more. So absolutely, something also like incredibly exciting for us, like developing and working with our partners to figure out new ways to be recyclable, to be sustainable. So for us, um, it is incredibly important. And I'm also glad that you mentioned that too, because um, we do want people to ask questions. We want our um, consumers and our followers to take a look at our packaging, to ask questions. And if you take a look at our social media at the Beach Raver, we actually did a whole series about what is a paraben, what are phthalates, what is benzophenone? Because the idea, of course, is that we want everyone to purchase our products. We feel like ours are the best. But even if they don't purchase ours, we're hoping to at least educate our people to learn a little bit more, to ask questions, to read the back of the labels, to think about what you're putting in your body, what you're putting into the earth, like the impact that we all have as a consumer. So that to us is incredibly important. So I, I'm also incredibly um, proud of what we're doing in that, that respect, and I'm glad that we talked about it as well. Mm -hmm. And so you have been, as a brand, so brilliant with building buzz. I wanted to ask of all of the outstanding PR and the awards, what has been your most proud press moment, if there is one that you can choose? It's hard to pick one um, because it's all so exciting for us. I mean, I think initially when we um, we won our first award, I think was really yeah, cool. So Erin and I went to the Allure Best of Beauty <laughs> Award show and they don't tell you if you win and like you, you come <laughs> onto the event and you're like, oh, are our products on the table? I don't know. And you have to like walk into the party and we saw the beach trip around the table. So I think for us, that was a really cool press moment to win and be yeah. recognized by yeah. Allure as the best curling iron. Um, so that was a really phenomenal moment for us. And then since then, we've won 42 awards. Um, we won an innovation award yeah. from Good Housekeeping. Yeah. So some stuff like that has been really impactful or in style, uh, best beauty buy. So I think those um, really mean a lot to us because we did put so much into it. So to be recognized by the press is really phenomenal. But then as far as like a big um, PR moment, I would have to say um, we, became the official hair tool of the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And at the time, as a hairdresser, yeah, we did it, uh, the New York show, and then we also did the show in Paris. And that for us was kind of a crazy moment because I think all of the beauty editors had, you know, we known me, we had worked together on so many stories together. And then we, honestly, I was working backstage at Victoria's Secret show and 
one of my friends showed the team at VS the beach wave and they were like, do you know she invented this? And we went in and honestly, they love the fact that we were like a woman run business. They love the fact that the beach waver literally gave you Victoria's Secret waves. And for years as a hairdresser, that's a big reference. You know, a lot of people would say like, you know, I want those like VS waves. I want those Victoria's Secret waves. So it's kind of an iconic look and a great reference. And we had the opportunity to be backstage and have beach ravers on every table and use the beach raver to get the look. And that year, we had every single beauty editor because the first show we did was in New York. And just the amount, I mean, I think it was like in the billions of online impressions. It was totally insane. And I had Kendall Jenner in my chair doing her hair. And I've never, I mean, I'm, I've been styling celebrities now for a long time. So I'm around them a lot when the press is there or the paparazzi. So I've definitely experienced that. But there was nothing like sitting and doing Kendall Jenner's hair with the beach waver when every single backstage photographer started crowding around us. I mean, like pushing us, elbow, like, and all the flashes going off as I'm beach waving her hair. And we were doing like a social media takeover at the same time. So she's like talking to my phone. I'm curling her hair. And like there had to have been 50 photographers in our face napping away. And that it was just a cool moment because I was like, wow, I invented this tool and now it's being used at like one of the biggest fashion shows in the world and the most iconic supermodel in the world you know it was just a really really phenomenal moment and then then the second year we went to Paris and did the show in Paris which was great because Bella Hadid was there and just all of the VS Angels Sarah Sampaio and it was we what we created at the Paris show was really really cool and something I'm very proud of because we had the ability to obviously have our crew there and produce content and do whatever we kind of wanted as far as like recreating the look and trying to show people. And we did something that I'm so incredibly proud of because I had a bunch of models try the beach waver on their own hair. So I had Bella Hadid take the beach waver and I was like, try it. I want to see if you can do it. And she literally put her hair in the clamp tapped the arrow, curled her hair, released it, had literally the perfect curl, and her reaction was honestly priceless. She was like, oh, my God, I literally just did my own hair. Like, this is so cool. And then I had one of the other girls, Rachel Hilbert, she curled it, her own hair, and she was like, you guys, I just did my own hair for the fashion show. (laughs) And it was just, we edited that video that night. Emily and I, our sister Emily, we created this video that Victoria's Secret posted on their channel, and it is the most viewed video Victoria's Secret has ever posted. Wow. Yes, it beat out Lady Gaga's video that they posted that same week of her performing backstage, like coming in. So it was, and the reason why I think it was such a cool PR moment, but the reason why we were so proud of it was because even in a situation like that where everyone looks at, you know, somebody like Bella Hadid or Rachel Hilbert, anyone who's a model on that level, you you don't often get to, like, see a lot of their personality or see them talking backstage. You kind of look at them as these aspirational models that are so perfect, walking the runway, you know, kind of just in that element. And we were able to, like, break it down and really – get them on camera just like they are real girls just like us too like they're excited that they can curl their own hair too and so this little montage that was very real and their very real reaction to being able to curl their own hair I think it really resonated with the the Victoria's Secret following as well as our following because everybody was like oh my gosh they're doing their own hair backstage well like then I can obviously do that at home too like it doesn't look that hard and just kind of like made it 
a very relatable moment for everybody. So that's something I think was like the culmination of like the beach waver and the press and the fact that like that video went everywhere. It really went viral and we had billions of online impressions and it just was an exciting time for us as a brand to really say like this isn't about just being super sexy and perfect. It's about like being relatable and saying like we invented a product for everybody, no matter who you are, like you can use this product and you can feel really good. Even if you are somebody who's, you know, an incredible model walking the runway or you're a lawyer or you're a teacher or you're a mom, like this is a product that can make you feel really good and like feel like you can get this look. Um, so I'd say that um, there's one more because <laughs> it's like we've had so many really fun moments. Um, one more that I think is really important is that after doing VS for a couple of years and really kind of getting, okay, you can get the look like that. We really wanted to partner and do something that really showed kind of who we were as a female founded brand. And we partnered with the World Surf League and we did the Women's World Championship of um, the surf, like surf competition. So it was called the Beach Waver Maui Pro. And the reason we did it is because um, surfing, they decided to offer equal pay for the female surfers. Oh, thank goodness. Finally. (laughs) So it was really cool. And I mean, Erin, you want to just speak on that a little bit of like how we kind of supported and were a part of the equal pay movement? Yeah. So kind of um, feeding up on what we did for Victoria's Secret. Obviously, we are women founded company or women run company. It's something that we're incredibly proud of. And so we take a look at, you know, our role as, um, you know, women running a company. And we want to support women in whatever role that they want to do. If you choose to be a Victoria's Secret supermodel, if you choose to be a surfer, if you choose to be a teacher, stay-at-home mom, whatever it is that your role is as a woman in this world, we feel as though our role as a beauty company is to support that and to be there to help you get ready to get out and face the day, to do whatever incredible things you're about to do in the world. We're here as Beachweaver to help you get ready. And like Sarah mentioned, we're here to help you feel empowered, use the tool to help you feel it's easy to curl your hair. Our new styling products help you feel more confident when you walk out the door. So for us, sponsoring the Victoria's Secret Show is just as important for us that we sponsor the World Surf League. And the World Surf League was incredibly fun and incredibly empowering because they were the first professional sports organization to offer equal pay for men and women. And we thought, what better format to do it than the surfers, right? Everybody goes into the ocean. Everybody does the same work. The ocean waves don't care if you're right. a man or a kid or whatever it is that you're in the water. They're going to make no adjustments for you. And so it's honestly it was the perfect format for us to come in and say, you know, what, as a women-run company, as a beauty company, this is something that's important for not only for us in our industry, but for all women, all men, all people everywhere to see that everybody who's doing the same work is entitled to the same pay. So it was something that, you know, was a little... Um, you know, it's obviously outside the beauty world for us, but we feel as though our message of empowerment and innovation, sustainability, accessibility, extends far beyond our industry as just beauty. It's an incredible message, an important message that we have, again, opportunity and responsibility to support. So um, we did that uh, just last year. We did the Beach Ever Mavi Pro. I'm actually wearing the shirt today to work. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) It's better just on a podcast, but I'm actually wearing the shirt today. so for us, we take our role very seriously as a women-run company and female-founded company, and we really evaluate what partnerships we have, what products we bring out, 
what influencers, what celebrities, everything that we do as far as partnering with somebody, we want to make sure that it's fitting in with our message and it's something that we can stand behind and be really proud of. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I admire so much is that you're always thinking about how do you connect with both you know the celebrity woman as well as the everyday woman and i'd love to hear more i know we've talked a little bit about content we've talked about pr what else are you doing at beach Weaver around keeping the consumer engaged over time we do a lot of live content um so that's something that's really important to us we um we go live on Amazon. So on our Amazon page, we actually have um, a live link. So we've um, been one of the first brands to incorporate live into our page. So I do um, twice a week, we're live on their page, just answering questions, linking to products, just just being there as a brand that people know they can get answers to and styling tips and, and questions answered, anything they need, as well as using the live feature on our other social platforms. So Instagram Live is something we are using a lot of. We just feel like we, you know, we want to connect. We want to be there for people. Even like on our website, we have a live chat. So it's just a way to really be someone who can connect directly with our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also, you know, been partnering with a lot of other brands that are like-minded. So, you know, with the Female Founders Collective, Erin and I have been doing a lot of panels too. So I think it's it's important to really uh, engage with the customers on a local level too, of like being there and telling our story, you know, because I think as a brand like ours, so we you know, are sold in over 5,000 locations, we're in 13 countries. So we're a company that you might not know what our backstory is. You know, you might just see it and say like, oh yeah, that curling iron, I saw it there, here or there or whatever. And we really are trying to stay engaged by local events, by really like speaking to our customer, by being kind of on the forefront of like sustainability and empowerment and really just being a part of the conversation and doing our best to to be there for the customer too and like explain to them like why education is so important, why understanding the ingredients is important. And then also how we can provide a lot of like fun social tips and tricks. So we're very, very active on social media. Amazing. I am so inspired by both of you. Emily, if she had joined us, I would say the same thing. It's incredible to see the content that she comes out with. I want to ask you, do you have any mentors? And if so, what are some of the primary lessons that you've learned from them? Any advice you can pass along to our listeners? Yes, I um, I feel like different points in my life had had different mentors. So I, um, as a hairdresser, I have worked with some phenomenal artists. I was very lucky to work with Bob Racine, who um, is an iconic editorial artistic hairdresser who was a painter with Andy Warhol. He's just a very inspiring uh, hairdresser that brought a lot of like color in the 80s in New York and in Paris. And I had the opportunity, I was um, Bob's first assistant for a couple of years and we were doing Kate Moss and Calvin Klein campaigns and we were just always, always creating. And what I learned from Bob is that so much of the beauty industry is about collaboration and it's about like sharing ideas and working together as a team. So he just really instilled in me how important it was to like look at hair kind of as an art form. And I think we can translate that to our daily life. Like if you want to have pink hair, you can have pink hair. If you want to, you know, change, it's all about like expression of creativity and just um, having the opportunity to kind of view hair and beauty as like your own personal canvas. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I learned from him. And then 
as far as business mentors go, you know, I think um, being backstage QVC is a pretty fascinating place. I've had the opportunity to work with Laura Geller and Maureen, who started Tarte, and Mally and Josie Moran, and just so many amazing women um, that have taught me so much about brand building and about connecting with the customer. And I think for us, being that we are we love live content, you know, we launched our brand on QVC, and in our first year, they said maybe you'll get on four to five times. Like if you're lucky, like you know, just don't don't bank on too many shows. Just wait. And we were actually on 50 times our first year. What? That's amazing. It was really crazy, but it was something we were thrown into very quickly. Like, I love being on camera. I'm, you know, I love talking to the customer, but Maureen and um, Josie and Laura, all of these women that had been on for years and years and years really helped me. And actually, Emily, my sister too, has really helped me just produce a really like, impactful segment where I'm actually speaking to the customer and like understanding how to utilize because sometimes it would only be 10 minutes at a time so if you're on a beauty show and you have 10 minutes how do you really tell your story and so all of those women really helped me hone in on like how to utilize the time how to like speak to the customer and how to really help them and translate what the product does and how um, and why they would you know benefit from it. Amazing. And what about you, Erin? Any mentors or advice that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, what has really helped us be truly successful is honestly, like just listening to one another. I mean, I have talked to a lot of people who tried to give us advice. And I think that where we go, where we go awry, and where I think that we've made missteps truly is that we like, I have not have the confidence sometimes to believe in what we believe and our our path and that and our intelligence to do it and I think that is sometimes I you know kind of am you know big feminist and a big believer in this is that I think that a lot of times women are taught to defer to somebody else to believe that somebody else has a better idea about how to run your business than you do so I've definitely you know attempted to have mentors along the way and sort of the nature of business they you know have their thoughts and their way to do it but I think that for us, they're the best way that we the best way that we've been successful is truly collaborating with one another, Sarah and I and Emily, and determining the best way that we know how to run the business. Um, I, I, there's a lot of people that I look up to. I mean, there's Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, obviously in the Supreme Court, she's phenomenal. This woman I always talk about is Shirley Chisholm, the first African American woman elected to Congress, the first woman in a presidential debate. I mean, there's a lot of women and men that I look up to, but as far as like a business mentor, to be honest, I don't really, I don't really have one. Yeah. And I think this harkens back to what you were saying earlier about um, sometimes there being advice from people of don't go into business with family because it'll tear you apart or whatnot. But what is so fascinating is there have been many successful businesses that are started by families and it's strengthened the relationship or allowed people to thrive in in ways that they wouldn't have perhaps without that family support. So I just think it's so beautiful and how lucky that you get to work together and just continue to strengthen your sister bonds. I think it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, we do too. We're we're, we're pretty excited. (laughs) So tell me just to wrap up about what's on the horizon for Beach Waver and also um, because the podcast episode will likely come out closer to October, if you can give us any tips about the fall collection, we'd love to hear about that as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have lots of products that we've been formulating. One thing I'm really excited about is our reparative line. So we have the Make Waves collection that launched this summer, which is all about like making waves, braids, brightening your blonde. And then the next collection that's going to be launching is a reparative line. So there is a pre-shampoo foam, which has three times the active level of our HIX. So this is really a real reparative product, um, as well as a reparative shampoo and conditioner that goes along with it, which contains Abyssinian oil, which is a really unique, cool new oil that we really incorporated into the product to build up the internal structure of the hair and add tons of moisture. Um, but what's so cool about this system and something I'm really proud of developing is that Historically, when you use a mask on your hair, you typically go in the shower, you wash your hair, you condition your hair, you put the mask on, and then you have to get out of the shower, and you have to, like, sit around for 10 minutes or, like, 15 minutes, and then you have to go back in the shower to rinse it out, and I've always found that to be, like, a slight inconvenience, you know? You're like, you're cold, and yes. you got to go back in the shower. So this treatment is a pre-shampoo foam. This treatment is going to work at three times the active level of our um, trademarked HIAX. So it's going to go on when your hair is like dirty, it's greasy, you're about to take a shower, you apply it 10 minutes before the shower so you don't have to take two showers. <laughs> it's just I a really cool way. That. that sounds amazing. <laughs> and what's the it's name of oil? I, I haven't ever heard of it, to be honest. It's brand new. It has not launched yet. Wow. And and what's the name again? The ab, ab, what oil? Oh, Abyssinian. Abyssinian oil. I cannot wait to check that out. That sounds so neat. It's Yeah, so that is it's incorporated into the formula of the pre-shampoo foam. Uh, oh. And so the pre-shampoo foam is called Be Strong pre-shampoo foam. And then it's Stay Strong is our reparative shampoo and Stay Strong reparative conditioner. And the entire line, as it evolves and more um, products get added to that collection, they're all about empowering words. So we have products that have all of, they're all named things like be kind and like be it. strong and stay strong. And so we're um, like, I can, like all empowering messaging, as well as kind of reformulating and bringing your hair back to feeling the feeling of virgin hair. So this product line is going to be really great. For anybody um, that just feels like their hair is aging or that they feel like, you know, it just feels dry, it feels damaged if you bleach your hair, if you color it, and it's just going to repair it from the inside out. So that's something we're really incredibly excited about. One other thing that as a company we're very much looking forward to and we've already established is we have launched a lifestyle brand called Be Bungalow, and it's... Um, Currently, if you're on our website, btraver.com, you can check out Bee Bungalow. It's a tab at the top. And Bee Bungalow is actually where we created our aroma experience for all of the hair care. So this is another huge thing in product development is that oftentimes people will make hair care and then throw a fragrance in at the end, not realizing that it affects the formula, that it affects the way it smells. It could be too strong. It could be too light. It could like kind of go wrong based on the ingredients. So before we formulated all of the hair care, we actually formulated our unique fragrances. So we actually launched a line of fragrances. So in every bottle that you see from Beach River Co., you'll see Aroma Experience. And under that Aroma Experience is listed what fragrance is in the, in the shampoo, in the conditioner. And then you can actually buy the rollerball and the fragrance to kind of extend the whole aromatherapy. Love it. That is so cool. 
And it's something that as a celebrity hairstylist, I was getting a lot of feedback from my clients because when I'm on set and, um, you know, somebody, I'm spraying hairspray a lot, I would get a lot of feedback. Like either people were like, what's that fragrance? I love it. It reminds me of something. Or I would get like, oh, I, I really don't like the way that hairspray smells. Can you not use it? You know, so people are very affected by one, um, the aroma, the way it smells, and then to the packaging. So when we were developing and formulating these, the aroma experience was super important. And then one thing I'll say since Emily isn't here is the packaging is very important to us too. If you line up the MakeWave collection, yeah. it's a photo that Emily took. It's one photo. When it lines up, it's a photo of the sunset. Emily and I were together and she took that photo and she was able to translate it across the entire line. Oh, that's amazing. It's really cool, actually, when you see it all lined up, you're like, oh, wow, okay, I see the sunset. I see the palm tree. <laughs> right now. That is so cool. And and that just speaks to how there's so much endless opportunity for creativity in this space, whether it's the aroma, the packaging, the products, you dreaming up the beach waver in the first place. <laughs> Yeah. Congratulations for everything that's been achieved so far. And I cannot wait to see everything that you continue to develop over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's going to be amazing. Yes. And beyond. Yeah, no, this is great. And we love sharing our story because I think we're so involved in a lot of entrepreneurs out there. You're so involved in like the day to day, you know, so it's really nice to really kind of re take that journey, you know, through, through this podcast. It's been really cool to kind of, you know, go through all these major moments and to stop and say, like, we're so thankful for this because like, I do remember that moment when Aaron and I were like, well, it's just the two of us. So I guess we're going to drive the truck to QVT ourselves because we have nobody else, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just really exciting to like see the possibilities. And I, I do believe, um, and I know Aaron and Emily too, like that literally anything's possible. Like you could dream it up and you can make it happen. And it just takes kind of hard work, determination and like loyalty from a group of people.